What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you haven't been rocking a Mystery Ranch Fireline pack, well, you're doing it wrong. They make arguably the most comfortable, the most well-built, and the best damn fire packs in the game. But in addition to just fire packs, they make a ton of other load-bearing essentials, like this three-way briefcase and this Assault 21, both in Wildfire Black. And now, why am I mentioning these specific packs? Well, that's because a portion of the proceeds from the sales of these packs go directly back to the boots in the field, the uh, boots on the ground that are doing more for themselves. Yeah. A portion of the proceeds goes back to the backbone series, the mystery ranch backbone series. They partnered up with the uh, American wildfire experience and they are giving back to you. Yeah. Opportunity for a $1,000 Mystery Ranch Backbone Series Scholarship is on the table for those folks that want to go above and beyond. But there are some rules to this. So head over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone Series where you can find all of the ways you can submit your story, tell your story, and have an opportunity to win one of these scholarships. So once again, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone Series. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor, and that's going to be none other than Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. Apologies, I had a little bit of a late night last night. But in addition to kick-ass coffee for kick-ass causes, they make a ton of other awesome stuff, like all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right, and all of your wildland firefighter themed apparel that you could ever imagine. Yeah. So go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. And while you're at it, check out some of the anchor point stuff while you're at it. Yeah. They uh, have a little dedicated section over there for some uh, exclusive uh, anchor point slash uh, hotshot brewery uh, themed apparel and posters and stickers and all other kinds of stuff. So once again, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. The Anchor Point Podcast would like to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Booze over at the Ass Movement. And if you don't know what the Ass Movement is, well, it is a funny name. It's an acronym. It stands for the Anti-Surface Shitting Movement. And they are serious about giving back to the community and contributing to a serious cause. And that is going to be nothing but stewardship of the land. Yeah. So I know there's some problem poopers out there and there's nothing more than I hate than uh, coming across the trail when I'm going fly fishing or hunting or whatever and seeing a human turd gift wrapped in toilet paper. That shit is disgusting and it needs to stop. So if you have a problem pooper on your crew or you want to spread the good word about burying your turds, go over to www.thefirewild.com where you can check out the ass movement and get all of your poo burying propaganda needs satisfied. Yeah. So it's an awesome cause and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Listeners to this podcast can get uh, 10% off their entire order by entering the code anchorpointass10 at checkout. So Take a, a little opportunity, get a little bit of a discount and go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. The Anchor Point Podcast would like to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Bethany Hanna over at the American Wildfire Experience. And if you haven't checked out the American Wildfire Experience, aka the Smoky Generation, well, you definitely should. They are a digital catalog of stories about wildland firefighting from across the globe. Yeah, it's not only just relegated to the... Uh, United States anymore. It is a global affair. And these uh, stories are dating all the way back to the 1940s. It's pretty impressive. And I think it's great to uh, head over there and see some stories from some peers in the field, some legendary figures, and 
check out some uh, salty old legends. Yeah, it is pretty freaking awesome. They're also giving back to the community in a huge way by giving away those $500 Smoky Generation grants. So if you have a project that's uh, telling the story of wildland fire, hell, you don't even have to be a firefighter to do it. Just as long as you're telling the story of wildland fire. Well, you have an opportunity to win one of these $500 Smoky Generation grants for your project. So go over to www.wildfireexperience to check out everything. It is awesome. And I want to give a, a special congratulations to all the um, Smoky Generation grant recipients for 2022. We'll be in touch. Awesome uh, projects out there. So once again, Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization over there. Keep it up. views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Hope everybody's doing well. And it looks like uh, AK is popping off still. And now we got some uh, we got some high elevation fires down in California. And it looks like Region Four is going to be rearing its ugly head. We're getting a lot of activity over here. So want everybody to uh, rest up and be ready for the next one. Keep your head on a swivel. Stay safe and stay savage. With that being said, today on the show we're going to talk about fire lunches and how bad they suck. Yeah. So. We all know that uh, nutrition is extremely and extraordinarily lacking, especially during a busy season. So we're going to go over some life hacks and some suggestions for you folks out there in the field to uh, be your best self and fill yourself for the performance that is needed by a tactical athlete, a.k.a. you. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend, Michelle Urich, also known as the wandering nutritionist on Instagram. You've probably seen her around. So without further ado, Michelle Urich, welcome to the Anchor Point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point podcast. Today on the show, I've got my good friend, Michelle Urich. How are you doing today? Tonight, actually, it's late at night. You're on the East Coast. Sure is, but we're doing great. Your central time or like East Coast time? Eastern. I am so sorry. Hey, no problem. (laughs) I, you know, it's still, it's not a 16 hour uh, full hot shot ship. So we're doing fine. This is true. This is very true. The IA stuff, man. Just like, just go straight through. We'll sleep when we're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, tell me about a little bit about yourself. Uh, I mean, you want like a... The fire stuff mostly, or do you want yeah, sure. how, how much life do we want here? I mean, you can take it wherever direction you want to go. I know you've been in fire for a while and now you're out of the game and, uh, you also have some education <laughs> under your belt. That's very valuable to every wildland firefighter out there. Very true. Okay. So I guess I'll kind of go back to, uh, college cause you know, college is a thing that you're supposed to do. Um, it weirdly is. I started, I went to college for graphic design. I realized that the art stuff, um, I liked art. I hated art school. So that was not going to be my thing. 
somehow transitioned into nutrition because um, I realized I liked uh, food and that kind of stuff. Um, potentially fueled by some uh, body dysmorphia type stuff. I danced for 15 years. Um, so some issues around food and body image and stuff like that, uh, I think kind of somehow led its way to me finding the science uh, behind nutrition and eating and fueling yourself. Um, so I ended up graduating uh, with a degree in nutrition dietetics. Uh, shortly thereafter, I did all the great studying and took another test to get um, registered as a dietetic technician. Um, so it was kind of set that community nutrition was going to be the thing that I was going to throw myself into. Um, right after graduating college, I actually ended up going to Nome, Alaska um, for oh, yeah. a 10-week internship. Because uh, A, I wanted to go to Alaska for like two or three years. I had had my heart set I was going to Alaska. This is pre-fire, so don't judge me on wanting to go to Alaska. Um, so I ended up going to uh, Nome for a an, an internship that was partially uh, nutrition, like shadowing dietitians, and partially running a kids kind of health summer camp. So I spent pretty much my whole summer doing that. Uh, came back home, moved um, into school nutrition. Um, Maybe not like the most exciting thing, but, you know, kind of keeping with the whole food theme. Uh, had a couple other jobs, ended up then taking a 10-month term of service in AmeriCorps and Triple C. Let me see if I can remember what those letters stand for. Uh, National Conservation Community Corps, I think. I might have butchered that, um, but it's, it's been a couple of years. So anyway. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> or else I really just offended somebody. Uh, sorry, AmeriCorps, you changed my life, I swear. Um, but yeah, so that was 10 months. Uh, my favorite project, um, I love them all, honestly, but the one that stuck with me the most was trail work on uh, the PCT. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, Pacific Crest Trail, one of the three main long trails in the U.S., um, and our liaison for that project was actually a former forest service worker and also a former wildland firefighter. Uh, and he and I just kind of just got along really well. I like just got into talking, talking shop more or less, um, all about the outdoor industry and uh, forestry and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's kind of where like the seed was planted in my mind. I'm like, huh, forest service. Like I like this kind of work. Like, hmm. Being okay. outdoors and doing a bunch of hood rat stuff with your friends. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And just yeah. being a dirt bag outside and just learning about the environment. It's like it touches like my hippie environmental side, but like also like my outdoor labor side. Like I just I really liked it. So I was like, okay, like it's pretty sweet. Nice. Um moved into completely unrelated jobs, uh, after that. Um, and then somehow probably in 2018, um, I was trying to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life because, you know, I'm mid twenties by this point. I'm like, it's a probably figure something quarter, out. The good old fashioned quarter life crisis. Yeah, <laughs> that was exactly it, dude. It was completely quarter life crisis. I was like, 
I need to figure out what I'm doing with myself. Like, should I join the Peace Corps? Like, I don't know what, I don't to, know do. what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's me every day. Um, so yeah, I just kind of re-stumbled into, uh, the forest service. Uh, I was researching stuff and I was like, damn it. I want to be a hotshot. Like I want to be a hotshot. I knew I wasn't going to get it first year, like logically, but I was like, this is what I'm going for. Um, so yeah, just, you know, did the whole classic, let's make like 50, 60 calls around, left a bunch of voicemails for people who probably never even got them. Half the time, I didn't even know if I was calling the right numbers. I was just, I was on Google, just looking up places. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just calling numbers of people who were less not mine. Just like cold calling a bunch of superintendents. <laughs> They're trying Dude, to at least. I don't even know if they were superintendents drugs. I didn't know anything about it. It was just like, if I saw like a number for someone that looked like they did something with fire, I called <laughs> just <laughs> saw if they would like answer the phone. So there were, there's definitely some people out there who were like, who the fuck is this chick? Like who's leaving me a voicemail right now? So sorry to anybody out there who got like a weird call from me in like 2018. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, so then let's see, I went to Uganda for a month to volunteer. Um, and while I was in Uganda, I actually got a text message <laughs> from a guy from region six. No, not region six, uh, region two. And he was like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to be on a type six engine in Elkhart, Kansas? And at this point, I didn't know what a type six engine even meant. I had no idea what really he was talking about, but someone just offered me a job with the forest service. So I Via immediately text. was like, yes, Via yes, I do. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm in Africa right now. I'm like 14 hours different from this guy's timeline. Like I don't even know what's going on. I'm just sitting in my little bed covered in like mosquito netting. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need to do this. Yes. Just texting this man. I have no idea who he is back saying, yeah, I absolutely want to be on type six engine in Kansas. Um, so shout out to my Elkhart people. Y'all know who you are. If you listen to this great time, we had a great time. I ended up staying there like an extra month, month and a half because I was having just a really good time. Um, even though there really wasn't much of uh, a crew, I ended up being a crew of one. It was me and my engine captain. <laughs> and, um, we, uh, kind of partnered, so to speak with, uh, another grassland that was over the border in Colorado. Um, so it was myself and this one other guy, uh, who basically would work together more often than not. Uh, that's kind of where it started. And after that, I was still hooked on the whole hotshot thing. Um, I actually ended up talking to Amanda. Um, I don't want to butcher her last name. Monty. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. See, I'm not great with names either. Shout I don't like to Amanda, to it up right now. Her podcast is I know she's been too. on the podcast before. Um, she has her own podcast and it's, it's killer. She like goes into like the sciencey kind of component of uh, fire and it's, she's got some pretty damn good content. Yeah. I, I, I've listened to a couple of hers actually. I was like life with fire pod. Yeah. I'm going to gonna fucking subscribe to that shit too. Hell yeah. So I, I mean, I actually, I really, I have her to thank for um, helping me get into region six because it wasn't really on my radar. Um, I mean, being from Ohio, I wasn't, immediately thinking about Oregon and Washington. Um, so I ended up just kind of talking with her, uh, and she was like, Hey, now you should call so-and-so. Um, so I ended up just 
calling uh, my former soup. I uh, had everything written out because, you know, I'm kind of a, an anxiety-ridden person. So I, I knew I couldn't just cold call with like nothing prepared. So I had like my mini speech all written out. And I just, I still, I still can't believe I did this because it was pretty ballsy. Um, I called him and he picked up. I was like, you know, I know it's hiring season right now. And I'm basically just calling to tell you why you should hire me. And he kind of laughs and goes, okay, <laughs> tell me why you. And I was Bold like, move. oh my God, I'm really doing this. Right now. Okay. <laughs> this is happening. Shit. This is actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I did, I like went through like my whole little speech of why he should hire me. And I mean, I guess it worked out cause he did, but man, that was, uh, that was nerve wracking. Let me tell you what I was, I didn't even know. I, oh man. Hey, yeah. It worked. Right. It worked. It worked. It worked. What's there to lose? Then? I just got to like go no hold bar and just hope for the best out there. So yeah. And then I it. spent, uh, two, uh, two seasons, um, on my old crew. I don't know if I, if I can say their name or not. I don't know if that's frowned upon here, but yeah. um, depends on what their crew, crew culture is. Really. I don't think they like love social media. So I'll just say I was on an IHC in Oregon. Um, but yeah, two years with them um, and uh, learned a hell of a lot. And uh, I mean, we can get into that part of it more, but that's kind of, that was kind of that. Um, and then uh, as much as I would have loved to go back, for this fire season. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my mom was pretty sick. So oh, I kind of chose to, to head back home and stay close to family, which turned out to be a good, a good thing, um, all around for that. Um, so yeah, out of fire right now, but still doing tree work and still having a really good time doing all this outdoor shit. Nice. And now you're an arborist, right? Uh, probably, I think my, my technical title is like tree trimmer slash climber trainee. Um, so not cause there, there's actually a specific certification that you need to be to call yourself uh, like a certified arborist. So I don't think I can really say that title. It's just slightly easier for me to tell people, yeah, I do arbor type work because people have no fucking idea what we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the person on the ropes dangling from the tree, topping that tree. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. That's pretty cool stuff though. I mean, that's pretty rad that you get to do that. Yeah. I mean that and like the bucket work, I have so many people who are all, like, when I tell them what I do, they're like, wait, you, you go up in the trees. You're up in the trees. <laughs> yeah. Did I stutter? Yes, I am up in the trees. <laughs> Did you hear me the first time? I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> their minds are blown every time like yep i am up there and i i do use a chainsaw sometimes up there and sometimes use a handsaw and you know we're just getting our shit done yes yes i am up there meanwhile they're like replaying tarzan back in their heads from when they saw it in their in their youth you know and they're like oh, oh holy crap what is this turns out i skateboard on vines too <laughs> swing very well on vines <laughs> so this is cool so you 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 were actually in kind of a unique category because usually people with an education before they go into fire, they usually, it's not really a thing. Usually they get their education concurrently while they're fighting fire or mm -hmm. after they fight fire typically. So it's not very often that you go into the fire realm with an education under your belt. No, no, yeah. not at all. Um, and I, I've told uh, several different people, friends and family alike that sometimes I, I wish I had known about this when I was younger um, because I think 
like my 18 to 20 year old self probably would have jumped into, um, doing firework. Uh, I mean, God knows by this point, I'd have a lot more experience and would have, I mean, would be way better than anything I could be doing now. Um, we hope, uh, but at the same time, um, I think having so many non-fire experiences and, you know, being put in, uh, coordinator type positions where I had people who were, did work under me. I have been in low level positions, so to speak, um, where I was bottom of the barrel. So I've kind of, I've had different experiences with so many diverse types of people. Um, and then on top of an education that doesn't at first glance, maybe look like it makes sense. The things that I do, um, it doesn't, but I think, yeah, it does kind of provide a unique perspective on things that are relatable still. And also just the, the people skills, I think in and of itself, um, I would say, I, I don't regret not being able to, or not knowing to jump into this when I was younger, uh, despite the benefits it could have provided me. Um, but I think the, this weird path that I somehow just fallen into is what worked and that's kind of what we're going with. Well, I'm one of those firm believers that nothing, you know, nothing happens out of coincidence. I don't, I don't believe in coincidence. So, I mean, it's everybody's path and it's working out for you pretty well. So I'd keep riding that wave if I were you. Not too shabby. (laughs) Calling it how it is, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's one of those things too. So you have this nutrition background and it's dietetics. Am I butchering Mm -hmm. that background and educational, formal education on it? Right. Mm -hmm. So and that's why you're on the show today is so we can talk about nutrition in fire, right? Mm-hmm. So your first incident in camp when you have this education and know what you should be feeding yourself and you've conquered body dysmorphia and you've done all these amazing things like traveled the world and you've seen all these different experiences. What was your first experience like going into a fire camp and seeing the quality and quantity of food? Because <laughs> I could imagine that just made you cringe. <laughs> So my very, very first incident that I was ever sent out on, I was actually doing logs because I was a single resource. It was on the Ravelli fire in Colorado, I believe, 2019. Um, and I remember, I remember this, this, this part was pre-COVID. So there was still like main fire camp. You would go in and still like the face style. And I remember like my first thought was like, wow, this is really fancy for like being on a fire. Like look at all this food. And I'm like looking at everything. I'm like, wait, Oh, I know what kind of stuff this is. This is like powdered eggs. This is like sausage links that have been sitting in their own grease. This is, Oh, and then I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, all these people who are like sitting in fire camp stuff are just, you know, have all this, all this food that they probably don't technically need. And I'm like, okay. And then you get, you got, you know, back in the day, I'm like watching the shot crews, like line out and walk in and like they're eating. And I'm like, I'm just trying to process everything, like the amount of food and then the quality of food, because I know the quality isn't there. Um, breakfast and dinners were definitely one can of worms sack lunches oh. are a whole nother can let's go huh? there, let's go there. 
whole nother freaking can of freaking worms, dude. Oh my God. The, I don't, oh, a bag of diabetes. First, yeah. Yeah. And, and like heart disease and probably hypertension and cancer. I don't even know, like looking in those bags of what they are feeding people who are supposed to be working their asses off, trying to, to either control, you know, whatever the goal of the fire is, but they're working their asses off. And I know I can say that because I've been there and haven't been in it for, you know, forever and ever of people who do in 10 plus years, God bless you. But I, I understand what goes into being out there and that shit does not fuel anyone properly. I'm just going to say it right now. That shit does not fuel anyone properly. You have a mystery meat sandwich that's like shiny blue and gold and copper. And I'm like, why is my meat look like an opal ring? I don't understand <laughs> what's going on here. Um, there's nary a vegetable or fruit to be found. Maybe one of those little weird tiny little apples that like no one really wants to eat because they're all bruised up or broken or conversely the uh pear that's like this like, hard as a rock <laughs> well it's either the pear is either as hard as a rock or, or it is long apart. past ripe and it's just brown mush yep. and you're like uh it's just applesauce or like pear sauce what what, what's this? going on here yeah <laughs> and then just copious amounts of like packaged shit like the granola bars and the Oreos and the Cheez-Its. And I'm like, this looks like a 15 year old boy got into the school vending machine and had a field day. This is not like, I, okay. I hate, I kind of hate to use the term tactical athlete because it sounds a little cliche. Sometimes I feel like that should be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't love it, but that's the closest thing. That's the closest way I can describe what firefighters out on the line are doing is that in essence, we are tactical athletes. You have to go all day. You have to work really, really hard. You know, it's not, not just wandering around the woods. You don't stop when you want to stop. You know, you're lucky if you get five, 10 minutes to like shove something down your throat to keep going. And this is aside from, environmental things, you know, like the heat or the cold or the smoke, which is another layer on top of how your body is able to perform. But if we're just, and just going back to focusing on the food though, this, these lunches, especially these, this is not food for performance. It's, it's cheap mass produced Costco bought garbage that I, I, I can understand that there are I'm, I'm not in charge of the financial stuff, right? I, I don't know exactly what the budget looks like, but I feel like we can do better than this because if you want, you know, people to live into their seventies and eighties, and even after, you know, a decade plus of doing wildland firefighting, maybe we should care a little bit about their health and try to feed them appropriately for the job that we want them to do to the quality that we want them to do it because the food has no quality and the performance has to be top quality. And that doesn't match to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things too. And I understand uh, what you're saying there by the utility of like cheap 
simple carbohydrates and a lot of it. And I understand the utility. I mean, if you look at any backpacker who's like, you know, an athlete backpacker or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or a, a an endurance runner, like someone who's like a ultra runner, right? The shit mm-hmm. that they put into our fire lunches. Yeah, that's good. You need that. You need that short term, quick hitting fuel for the endurance of the event. Right. But the sustainability mm-hmm. leading up to that or like afterwards, like you can't do ultra marathons on this strict diet every day. And then if you right. look at it, the tactical athlete component, you're probably running a half marathon every fucking day. And the sustainability of that diet, which is geared towards like your tactical athlete and your like races, right? Your mm-hmm. high intensity, medium going, duration going, stuff going. going, going, going like your ultra marathon runners, that shit works. But if you're doing this day in and day out, now it becomes a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's a good point too, is that as, as much as angry ish as I'm sounding about this, there is, there is a time and a place for those quick acting carbs, right? You need yeah. your simple carbs and you need your complex carbs, your simple carbs. That's what you want when it's the middle of the day and you feel lightheaded. You're bonking. You've already had your, your water. Yeah. You're starting to bonk. You, you want, take that, take that candy bar right now. Cause it's going to hit your blood sugar and it's going to give you that boost that you need for the next 90 to 120 minutes of vigorous activity, hit it and go. But it also needs to be balanced with some more longer lasting, more sustainable carbs. Um, and again, like, like you said, you know, the, the quick hitting sugar say you're running a marathon. Yeah. But you're running a marathon like once, maybe twice a month. If you're like elite, Yeah, you're not eating the way you would for a marathon for 14 days straight. And I think that's, that's a really good point that you brought up that that's kind of like another issue is yes, the, I mean, the human body is very adaptable and you can definitely, um, subsist. You can survive on a lot of things that you probably shouldn't. Um, but if you're in essence running that marathon every day, you can't keep putting trash in every single day and expect at the end of that 14 days, especially to be feeling top notch and putting in good quality work. Um, so there, I don't know, there has to be a balance, a better balance of those quick acting, simple sugar type carbs, and then the healthier stuff that's going to make you feel not like a complete load of shit by the end of a roll. Yeah. And I, I don't have the answers to that for sure. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I don't control the finances. I don't, you know, contact Cisco or whatever the food companies are. And I know there's bidding, bidding wars. You kind of have to go with your lowest bid. And I understand that as well. But I think again, if we're talking, you know, wildland firefighter, health and wellness is really coming to a forefront right now, um, which I think is awesome. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you know, we've got the pay stuff that's going on, which is incredible. Finally, um, you know, we're starting to talk more about mental health, which has been a thing for, I think a very long time, but it's really gaining traction in, like recent years to be something that we talk about and actually deal with. Um, And then we're kind of at this weird place with like the food nutrition that everybody kind of knows it's not good. And we're not in a good place with that, but it's not 
it hasn't caught up to the other wellness factors um, to really be something that we're talking about and seriously, seriously looking at to see, hey, like there needs to be changes here. Let's start spearheading those changes. Yeah. And that's what's lagging. Yeah, it's it's totally lagging. I think that's one of the things that is like uh, swept under the rug because between mental health and nutrition, I think those are the two subjects that were the elephants in the room, so to speak, that Mm -hmm. were kind of swept under the rug and kind of just shoveled in the corners. It's like, oh, it is what it is. Right. But now that we've had this mental health awakening, we've addressed the pay issues temporarily. It just, yeah, that has an expiration date on it. So hopefully Tim's (laughs) act here passes, but, uh, we've addressed that we've brought awareness to so many things and that's from people just being real and standing up and being like, Hey, (laughs) we got some fucking problems here and we can fix it. So, but we don't come to the plate without solutions, right? There's a problem. The nutrition thing, this is a very complex thing that needs to be approached. (sighs) It's, it's one of those things that it's, it's, a lot of complexity and nuance to it because you guys know mm-hmm. one body is all the same, right? And nutrition mm-hmm. at the end of the day is still a science experiment for what works best for you. Yes. But still the quality out there is completely and utterly lacking. Like just with like, you see the, the breakfasts, like you get a stale waffle covered in like, <laughs> I don't know, condensation from the warmer and corn syrup and maybe some greasy sausage. And then you're off on your merry way to go cut line. Well, eh, there's probably some better options. The best way to start the day. No, 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 absolutely not. And then you have these massive dinners with like gravy covering fucking everything. And then the salad bar is just like been sneezed on and it's just disgusting. And it's like the whole thing needs some serious reform. Right. But at the same time, I understand the cost utility and the availability utility of these items that they're doing. They're widely available. They're easy to preserve. They're already preserved. I mean, (laughs) it makes sense why you would throw these things in there. And then also from like the cost versus calorie correlation there, like cheapest cost, most calorie. That's how Mm -hmm. the math is like basically laid out there for these contracts. That's, that's what mm-hmm. it is. It's quantity, not quantity. Need this quality. much fat, this much protein, this much carb, and just make it work. Those and, macros and are bullshit. We get like $2. Here you go. Make it work. Yeah. Like that's not what we should be doing though. <laughs> well, you can do it cheaply. I mean, you can, but then the logistical effort is going to be kind of harder, I guess you can say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know about other crews. I'm sure, I'm sure they probably are, but I know so many of us on, on my old crew, we would take any opportunity to just to bring our own food out there, you know, fresh apples, avocados, a bunch of, we love taking like a whole avocado out there, you know, just slice it half open with your pocket knife yep. and munched on that. You got your tuna packets, protein bars, like decent ones that people actually eat, uh, trail mix, stuff like that. Like, so, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, wildland firefighters are known for being adaptable. That's one of the traits that, that is, is, is sought after in in this field. Um, so I know a, a lot of us definitely have found our way around I'm trying to get around, especially the lunches to feel better and perform better. Um, I mean, there's something probably to be said too about 
the culture, uh, especially, you know, for, um, I would say, especially for hot shotting, uh, but really anyone who's out on the line, it's kind of the whole, you know, suck it up, deal with it and figure it out. Um, you know, take that for better or worse, but I mean, the same kind of thing goes for your food too. You know, it's, well, we know that this is an issue. This is going to make you feel like shit. This is not great. All right. Well, adapt and overcome. Let's figure it out. I mean, if you have to sell, you know, pour all money together or whatever to, to try to make it better, we will. Um, but, you know, again, it's kind of tying that to the whole financial struggle for so many. Um, I mean, again, the, the pay increase temporarily yeah. is, is cool. Um, but you know, it's, it's not ideal necessarily to be also supplying your own food on a fairly meager paycheck already. Um, so yeah, there's just another, another level of complexity and issues that kind of goes into this whole just general nutrition problem. I'm, I'm going to call it a problem right now because I don't, I don't uh, have a really better word for it because it is kind of a problem. Um, no, it's a hundred percent a problem. I mean, look yeah, at it from like, it is a problem because look at the safety component of it. And there's, uh, I, I believe it was Randy Brooks out there, Dr. Randy Brooks out of uh, Univer- U of I, right? University of Idaho. And he was hmm. saying, he was actually correlating like lunchtime where you have this heavy simple sugar, carbohydrate, simple carbohydrate meal, and a lot of it, what does that do to your insulin levels? It spikes them and then it just fucking flatlines and crashes. And mm-hmm. all these accidents, like people like not necessarily like burnovers and like tragedies, like people getting like seriously fucked up, but like the the fall down the hill and break your arm or trip over a stick and like roll your ankle. Like mm-hmm. taking people down, like the little incidents within that time frame after lunch it's there's a core he's he's saying that there's a correlation between the time you eat lunch that insulin spike and then that like comatose state that you get into and i know everybody out there has feel felt that state mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. after eating all this garbage and then you're just like fuck what i do to myself yeah like you you don't want to eat lunch because you know it's gonna be like oh i'm gonna feel like shit but afterwards you know you but like well i also need the calories yeah Oh yeah. But I told, I totally believe the, the correlation with the, the accents and stuff after lunch that makes, unfortunately it makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, it, it does. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're crashing your blood sugar or you're spiking it so high to where you're literally fucking high from sugar. You have a sugar Yeah, Your high. brain is just like not right. Yeah. You can't think straight. So he's, he's trying to find, I guess he's, it's still in, I guess it's still like being researched, but he's trying to find the correlation and like some definitive points between like the occurrence of accidents or injuries and this garbage that we're eating for lunch. I mean, I, I also have my hypotheses about what he's going to find, but I'm very interested with that. I have to look into that when he starts getting uh, conclusive results, because that's, that's really interesting to me. And I'm, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to see what he finds on that. So, I mean, what hypothetical situation with your hypotheses? Oh, that he's going to be completely right. That the, the majority of accidents do happen in that afternoon period. Um, I would, I would assume I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here on timing, uh, hour, 
maybe 90 minutes after lunch. I'm not sure how exactly know how, how exact his timing is going to be. Um, but between the blood sugar spike and then crash and then just general exhaustion being in the second half of the day anyway, how exactly he would split those two up. I'm not sure, but I think just those two factors together, I can 100% believe that that time of day is probably going to be the worst for the accidents to happen for sure. Oh yeah. I can see it. I definitely can see it. Or even like these, uh, say you're doing, I mean, all in all, wildland firefighters diet is pretty shit. I mean, you're always on the road, you're eating gas station food. You're just cramming down whatever you can. Right. I mean, even if you're say you're on a task force assignment, you're kegged up with a bunch of engines and you guys all go out to eat. You got the whole task force goes out to eat, right? You pop an IA that night and you just ate hour and a half <laughs> oh, that's an hour afterwards. <laughs> I mean, you're be like shit. Yeah. I mean, it happens though. It happens. It's a, it's a thing that we need to do, especially out here in Nevada. I've been on countless task force assignments and yeah, we'll, sure as shit. We'll get a lightning bust somewhere out there and, you know, Winnemucca or something like that. And next thing we're just hauling ass to these fires. Right. And everybody, you look in the backseat and everybody's just like, <laughs> yeah. So, I so mean, heavy and tired. <laughs> I, I, well, I think that uh, you brought up a good point there about looking at nutrition holistically. I mean, we've taken care of the mental thing. We're addressing that. That is like at the forefront and center of our culture right now. We're taking mm-hmm. care of the, the pay stuff, which is affecting the physical and the mental, right? emotional yeah. health as well. Um, but now if you're to look at a physical context, we beat the shit out of ourselves and do overall. I mean, I think that our fitness is pretty good, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. put 82 octane in a Ferrari, right? You even Correct. said yourself, we're tactical athletes. Yeah. We eat this fucking garbage, not out of, out of like wanting to, but pretty much out of necessity. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's just an unfortunate reality of this work. Um, and I mean, it's not like I didn't know that going in. I, I knew that it wasn't going to be great when, whenever food is provided for you on a kind of mass scale sort of thing, you know, it's, it's not going to be like cream of the crop sort of stuff, but it was definitely eye opening the first time or two. I, I saw really what they were serving and then, you know, year after year, season after season, you see it again and again. You're like, this shit's not changing. Oh yeah. It is literally the same shit every single year. I did it for 11 years until I ate that same meal several hundred times. (laughs) You know, you know exactly how that is. Yeah. But that's the thing though, is like, I, I mean, if you had a magic wand and had the ability to like, I don't know, pencil whip in some new policies in there. I mean, what would you be looking for if you could? Um, you know, I, I think I'd probably leave the breakfast and dinners alone just because those are the catering is different for those. Those are served hot. Um, some people do better with no breakfast or a lighter breakfast or whatever. I think I, I really think my, my biggest issue is all the processed stuff in the lunches. Um, so that would probably be like my number one thing to focus on is let's scale back some of the cheap filler crap in the lunch. Um, that doesn't mean get rid of everything. Doesn't mean suddenly there's going to be 
you know, 12 packs of vegetables and fruits and, you know, that's it. Um, cause that, again, that's not going to sustain some of those quicker carb needs that you, you do, you need to be able to eat some of the, the junkier stuff. So, you know, if we could even do like a 60% of the crap and a 40% of the healthier stuff, um, you know, a little thing of the carrots and celery with peanut butter or hummus. I've, I saw that once or maybe twice. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, I know it, it's hard for me. I don't want to speak for, for all of their crews. I mean, I can only speak for where I was at. Um, my old crew, generally most of us actually were quite health conscious. Um, so there, there wasn't a lot of the, oh yeah, like, like, yeah, can I just have the Oreos? Like, I just, just want to eat the Oreos. Like a lot of us actually really did try to pay attention to like, I should have a healthy protein. Like, yeah, I guess I should eat that piece of fruit. Like it doesn't look great, but like, at least it's something healthy. Um, I don't, I don't know how, how often that happens, uh, necessarily with a ton of crews. Um, but you know, just you, you can add some healthier stuff. And like I said, you know, like carrots and celery, those things don't go mushy, even if they're not cold, they still taste fine. Um, again, with a little, little packet of peanut butter, a little packet of hummus, or you, that's also again, proteins and fats that will last with you all day. Um, and you know, I don't have a problem with having the candy bar or, and, or, uh, you know, a packet of cookies or, you know, a granola bar that's mostly just sugar, because again, you do need that stuff. Um, I would like to see maybe instead of every day, it's a, a thick, like wad of rainbow meat, maybe a decent quality jerky. Um, maybe instead of an uncrustable, you have, you know, like a slightly higher quality bread, even just like a sometimes whole grain bread with a PB and J just little tweaks here and there, you know, again, costs, I know cost is huge money runs everything. So I wouldn't say it needs to be, everything needs to be hundred percent overhauled right now. It would just be, can we add a little bit more health here and there and maybe take away some of the crap just little by little. And we can kind of even it out. So it's less like 90, 10, and we can go more of like a 60, 40. That makes sense. Now, what about like, now we can't change this right now as it stands, right? However, mm-hmm. we can give some clues into some of the caterers that are listening to the show and give them some suggestions of what to look for. I mean, like I said, like you said, and we know, we all know that cost is going to be one of those uh, contributing factors to these decisions that the caterers are making. They've got to meet their contract with calorie count and they've got to do it cost effectively. Right. As far as some suggestions that like personal things that you used to carry that you would like to see in fire lunches, Take it away. I mean, some little things that are relatively cheap that could be thrown easily into these fire lunches. Uh, I'd say like one of, one of the biggest, honestly, those little like flavored tuna packets. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic because, you know, they're good. They, they don't expire. I mean, I, I eat them for lunches now. They don't expire until, like, you know, 2023 20, or whatever. So they're very lightweight. It's high protein, especially if you get the ones that, you know, like the sweet and spicy or something like a flavor. It's 
it's not just like plain tuna and water. So Dude, it actually the Thai tastes chili good. One, the Thai chili one is fire. Oh, it's Dude, so good. I love that one. That it's one and the jalapeno so one. Yeah, the jalapeno one is hella good too. Oh, those, those are hella mm-hmm. good. <laughs> so like ab- absolutely would say flavored tuna packets. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel like if you bought those in bulk, they wouldn't be terribly expensive. Um, so just like a lightweight. So they're, they're cheap anyways. They're like a dollar fifty at like Winco. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I would love to see more of that. I'm kind of surprised that you don't. Every now and again, you'll get like a weird like can thing of tuna. I I don't know why we thought a, a canned fish would be a good idea in a fire lunch when you're like don't want to be carrying much extra weight anyway. But yeah, like the ones with like, like prepackaged with like the mayo and the relish and the crackers and like the can of tuna. I've seen those. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. Seen yeah. Those a lot. A little bulky, but okay. I mean, I like kind of like where your head's at with that one. <laughs> like we can, we can keep those. Um, so yeah, little tuna packets, I think are really good. Um, little, I, I'm really, I'm, I am a big fan of like the little cups of hummus or peanut butter for dip. And it doesn't matter if it's, you're dipping your pretzels in it. If you're dipping bread in it, if you're dipping vegetables in it, if you're dipping apples in it. I mean, just eating it all by the spoonful. <laughs> eating it by the spoonful because I mean that's what I do. Bare so hand. no judgment, just licking it out of there. Life hack: <laughs> turn the lid, the little like metal foil lid, into a spoon. Yes. Life hack. <laughs> I think I think we've all been there. If you've been on the line, you're like, shit. I don't have a spork. I don't have a, a spoon. My pocket Stick. knife is filthy. <laughs> Stick that little tin lid, man. <laughs> Scoop it right out of there. Right. Um, speaking of the peanut butter and hummus stuff, uh, along the lines of the peanut butter more so, but they have a, a, a variety of like almond butters and peanut butters and like crazy nut butters out there. And there's a company out there called Justin's, right? And mm, no, I'm yes. not getting paid for this. I just love their shit. And I still buy them today. I have I it in my, my cupboard son. right now. Yeah. The little packets, a little single serve one, like the honey oh, ones, yeah. they get flavor. They even have ones with like uh, kind of like a Nutella kind of mm-hmm. chocolate chocolate hazelnut one. Yeah. It's super good. That's, yeah, that's some good shit. I mean, it's got your sugar, your protein, your fat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like, like nut butters are, I mean, and deviating a little bit from exactly where we're going, but also good for, cause they're vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free. If you have any dietary restrictions and my career had a lot, um, including myself. So yeah, nut and seed butters are fantastic because everybody can and pretty much will eat them. Um, and that stuff sticks with you. So yeah, let's get the nut buyers out there. Justin's please sponsor, <laughs> sponsor the forest service or something. Please sponsor individual fires just show up with a, like a pallet of butters. Oh my God. Dude, I'd be so happy. Dude, I'd be so pumped. <laughs> but yeah. And, uh, I think that uh, some things that I used to carry around were, um, what are they called? I forget what they're called. They come in like little tubes, little hydration tablets with a little bit of caffeine, very, very little bit of sugar. But when I'm starting to bonk, like, or sweat my ass off and I can tell I'm just like super dehydrated. And that's another thing with the yes. tuna thing too. The hydration component is also, uh, I think under considered in our, in our field. I mean, we always look at Gatorade, which has a uh, fucking ton of sugar uh, in it. I mean, you have to like cut it in thirds and fill it up with water to get what you actually need out of that. But yeah, we always look to water. We always look to Gatorade. That's what we always have. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Noon, N-U-U-N. I used to carry yeah. those around. They're small, compact. There's like 15 servings in a little tube. And you just drop one of these things in your canteen, which the GSA Forest Service BLM issued canteens. You can get plenty of those. Plus the caps always break. You need new ones anyways. But if it gets a little yeah. gunky, just toss it out, right? But I used to carry those around. Those were a hitter as far as like recovery and hydration for me. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. Um, electrolytes, huge, huge, huge. Um, noon, for sure. Uh, liquid IV. Those are pretty good. Crew, we all got really on the liquid IV. Um, and then a slightly, I think there's a slightly newer uh, player in the game is the Elements. Yes. Oh, my God. Those are so yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. They're, like, they're okay, expensive, the, though. The, the first taste, you're like, whoa, that's salt. Yeah. But like when you're out there and you're sweating your dick off, I'm like, wow, this is the best thing I've ever drank. <laughs> it is so good. And uh, I think Rob Wolf, the dude that wrote Paleo Solution, mm. he's like a he's like super into like paleo and all that stuff like that. He's like a leader of that industry, right? Which which it, yeah. does, it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody, but whatever, whatever flows your boat, right? I'm not saying go paleo or not, whatever. Um, I think he was like one of the forefront uh, leaders of that company when it came out. That would make sense. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. They're, they're very much about like, don't break your fast, like try element, like sugar free. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's, oh, let's try. I mean, plus they have like the spicy flavors and oh, stuff. Oh yes, dude. Oh my God. The spicy Hello. mango habanero one. Holy shit. That thing is so that good. That one's good. Yeah. That one's real good. Life hack and, too. The salt, chocolate salt that they make, throw that in some coffee, especially if you've, you know, got a little bit of bottle flu, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously the chocolate salt and coffee and like maybe a little bit of ghee or something like that like kind of like a bulletproof Ooh, coffee a bulletproof coffee yeah fuck it's so good oh my god I, it's so I, good i like that with the addition of the butter dude that's a good idea yep that okay. is money right there yeah yeah i'm gonna try that because i i have some of those packs right now next to my liquid iv next to my noon in my cabinet so i will absolutely be trying that I doubt anybody's um, going to be holding like MTC oil or like ghee in their cooler and at, on a hotshot buggy. But you know, if you have the ability to carry around some MTC oil, it's, it, it does some pretty good stuff for you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally down with that. I, I love that idea. And you, you know, actually what I really love too, about those, the element ones, especially is that it kind of, uh, kind of prevents that whole like flavor fatigue sort of thing with like, you know, Cause most of us, you know, you're carrying half, roughly half water and half some kind of electrolyte, whatever your thing of choice is, but, you know, the electrolyte stuff is usually like fruity. And I love the fact that the element ones, yeah, you get like that chocolate one that like, even in water just kind of makes it taste like chocolate milk in like a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like the spicy ones and stuff, like you're, you're getting a like, different flavor. So you want to keep drinking. Uh, it's not just like, you know, your average lukewarm water, um, warm red, which, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude. My crew did not like the Gatorades, to be honest. Like most of us were like, you know, if it's, if a really desperate situation, yeah, sure. We'll have the Gatorades, but the majority of us are kind of like, eh, this isn't great. I mean, I, I personally do not advocate really for the Gatos. Um, I, I don't love like, what is it? Propylene glycol or whatever the fuck that is. Like, yeah, there's just some Basically weird ingredients in there that I I personally would not recommend other human beings to be consuming. Uh, if you do, you know, that's your choice. You do, you do you. Um, 
but I, yeah, like the red 40 and all the colors and eh, yeah. it's not really my first choice. So I, I way rather people kind of turn to these slightly more natural, uh, electrolyte powders that really were formulated for athletic endeavors and sweating and stuff like that by people who are like, there's gotta be more to life than Gatorade. <laughs> There's got to be a better solution here. <laughs> Surely there's something out here. Right. I don't know. Some other things I used to carry though is uh pro bars. I used to carry, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. God dang, they are expensive, but yes, man, they, they are, but they're they good. Last. I have to break them in half and usually split them up during the day just because they're so calorie dense, but it's, it's, it's great. It's, I, I love those damn things. Except if they get stuck in your teeth with the chia seeds, but whatever. You'll it's a small price to pay. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you got anything else that uh, you would recommend for a caterers to, to look into? Um, you know, when, when it comes to the produce, yeah, the, the bananas and the pears um, are not awesome to no. be sending out in brown bag lunches because they just get smashed to shit. Uh, so let's, let's try for apples. Um, variety of apples. I mean, there's so many different kinds. I feel like you could definitely switch it up a little bit. Um, so any kind of apples, oranges, um, grapefruits, even, uh, little baggies of grapes. I saw a couple of times. Those were actually kind of nice because they're refreshing. Um, and you know, you'd think the grapes would get pretty smashed up, but they really don't. Um, I wouldn't maybe, you know, necessarily recommend like strawberries or raspberries because you're going to have jam by the end of the day but the grapes actually seem to be uh they seem to hold their own pretty decently um so yeah just more fruits and vegetables that can hold up to being stuffed in a fire pack and uh, abused and for 16 for hours. hours a day <laughs> very abused probably laid on sat on things like that um and then yeah just uh slightly better quality proteins um jerkies or you know, there's, I'm not going to you know start listing every single brand, but there's brands that make, you know, the meat sticks that are a little bit higher quality. Um, the tunas, the little salmon packets, stuff like that. Um, just upping the quality a little bit because I, I just don't feel that the wad of rainbow meat is really ideal, um, every single day. Uh, and then I, I know there was um, a little bit of, of focus every now there, you get kind of the uh, option quote unquote for vegetarian meals. Um, That's usually what I went for was vegetarian yeah. ones. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like those could be a little hit or miss. Uh, for, for me and my experience, they're pretty consistent. Yeah. You'll have the occasional garbage vegetarian lunch, but for the most part, I mean, you've got like, cheeses, your hummus, your pita breads, like your oh, nice. little cups of like hummus and pretzels. Sometimes you'll get lucky and have like some fruit leather in there. I mean, it was yeah, for the most for part, I've had some pretty good experiences with the vegetarian lunches. Nice. Yeah. And I, I would love to see more that of that kind of food. But we're not talking about MREs. We all know that MREs are garbage, but sometimes you have to eat them. Oh uh, yeah. True. True. Um, uh, yeah. I, I like a lot of the stuff uh, and the vegetarian lunches, I think actually were usually looked better than the, what, 
typical, like the, the carnivore lunch, whatever your just regular lunch was, but, um, the meat wad special. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, definitely take some, uh, uh, cues from the veggie lunches because those had some pretty decent stuff in them. Um, those had the bean and cheese burritos. And for some reason they were like, they're frozen when you first got them, of course, but throughout the day they'd heat up to like somewhat room temperature or outdoor air temperature. Yeah. They usually have those in there too. And they're pretty good. I mean, yeah, you got the preservatives and shit in the burritos, but for the most part, I've had pretty good experiences with the vegetarian ones. Sweet. Yeah. Let's, let's get more stuff like that. Then. <laughs> I'm totally down for that. Yeah. But you mentioned something earlier about, uh, the preservatives and, uh, I kind of want to hit on that topic. I mean, do you happen to have any like data or information of what these preservatives do to our body? Um, it seems to kind of be one of those things that it's hard to get conclusive data on, um, because so many of the big food companies use them. Uh, and since the big food companies oftentimes are the ones funding a lot of food based research, there's things that they don't necessarily want you to advertise or read about. Um, I mean, if you look at it, the FDA has a allotted limit for uranium in your drinking water. So exactly (laughs) that, that sums it up so perfectly Or arsenic in your drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) You could have this much of this poisonous carcinogenic. Oh, is there cyanide in your water? Wait, what, what's the number? Oh, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Don't drink like too much of it. Be hydrated, but like not, not too much, but you're fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry. The third eye, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about the <laughs> extra digit growing out of your side of your hand. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I had more conclusive data on it. Um, for me, things that I've read uh, seem to be more smaller scale, um, more kind of other people just trying to figure out their own research and make sense of what they can find. Indie researchers. Um, what was that? I said indie researchers. Small kind of. stuff like that. Small research develop or research firms, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, when they when you only have so much funding and you don't want to speak out against, you know, Monsanto. Yeah. Or something crush like you. that. Yeah. You're going down and yeah. your research might not even be published at that point because they're gonna buy you out and say no. Um I mean, just from, I'll, I'll go just from a logical perspective then of just science knowledge in general, uh, manufactured and lab created molecules, um, that are put artificially into food that did not naturally occur there at all. We did not adapt or we did not evolve to utilize that um, to digest it properly. I mean, we, as, as a species, we created so much of this stuff so quickly in a sense that like the, the human body hasn't evolved really to catch up with that. So some of this stuff too, is we don't know the long-term effects of some of these substances that we're putting in our bodies because they haven't been around for that long certain things that have just been created basically in the fifties, sixties, in the seventies, this is way too new for us to have like truly solid data and be able to say, 
yes, this is this, this causes this for sure. It's, it's usually more of a, well, this is a quote, possibly carcinogenic. We're unsure. It's unclear. Okay. So you kind of have to just use the noggin and be like, eh, how much of this do I necessarily want in my body? Yeah. Typically, if you don't know how to pronounce it properly, you probably shouldn't be eating it. I mean, that's kind of a general rule that, and it's not to say like, you know, I don't enjoy a Reese's cup every now and again that has like BHT or whatever the fuck that is. Like Canuba wax. That's what I wax my car with. (laughs) Look on the package of Skittles, man. It's got Canuba wax on there. God damn, sometimes that tastes good. I know they're so good though. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I'm not like going to come out here and be like the health police and be like, oh, well, all I ever eat is whole based foods every single day at all times. Absolutely not. Like we're all we're human beings. We're gonna have some junk every now and again. Like that is in essence isn't a problem. It really is only a problem and you're eating it over and over and over and Again, we don't know the cumulative effects um, after so long of eating this stuff. And especially, you know, people who've been in the fire service for years and years and years and every single season, you're eating this stuff for two weeks straight. You know, that compounded with, you know, smoke inhalation and other environmental factors and stress. Like there's a lot going into, uh, there's a lot that's taking a toll on your body already. And the food quality and the preservatives and some of these weird ingredients are just, they're just not helping anyone really. Oh yeah. And that's one thing like, as far as a health component wise, like the, the, the firefighters that are out there and typically they're younger in their career, but the ones that typically like go to the gas station and just buy a fucking grip of rock stars or monsters or red bulls or whatever energy drink. You can do that now kids. (laughs) You can do that, but you'll be paying for it later. And I think that shit is poison. Mm. Absolute fucking trash. It is a sewer in a can. I I cannot stand that shit. (laughs) I don't drink it. Dude. Good, good. That that makes me happy to hear because I, I I'm gonna take sewer in a can with me though. That's probably the best description You'll of that shit that I've heard. Carbonated ever. sewer in a can, and yeah, I used to drink them, but then I'm like, every time I drink one of these things, I feel like shit. Why? Oh wait, it's because it's fucking here. poison. There's there it's it's poison. It's it's just nothing but preservatives and caffeine and a bunch of like adulterants that are in it that are just gonna make your performance dwindle. Yeah, you're, it's, you know, it's the same thing as with, with the sugar. You might feel really good for 30, 40 minutes. Because yeah, you're high as fuck on sugar. <laughs> exactly. And after that, your brain's like, oh, fuck, what did we just do? Yeah. And you're going right downhill. Yeah. And sugar addiction is definitely a real thing. I mean, it's been proven. There's plenty yes. of research out there that sugar addiction is like consistent with like heroin, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. It causes changes in your brain. Like yeah. they're actually like neurons in your brain respond and start adapting negatively to the overabundance of sugar. Mm-hmm. Because again, humans were not meant to evolve to eat the things that we eat now. Yeah. I mean, coming from a hunter gatherer kind of species, you know, until we developed agriculture and all that other shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's also research that is being more and more looked into. It's not conclusive yet, but type three diabetes where, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's and like 
cognitive dysfunction is caused by an abundance of sugar. It's like a insulin resistance in your brain specifically, not your necessarily your body and your liver to where you're not producing insulin, but, or you're insulin resistant, but in your actual like blood brain, blood brain barrier. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, I think that's super interesting that you just brought that up because I actually, I did work in memory care for about a year and a half I did um, too. before fire. Okay. Yeah. yeah so you know, you, and you've seen, you've seen effects. Oh yeah. Um, you've seen it's what sad. dementia can do. It's very sad. Um, but yeah, there was, I definitely thought a lot about that, um, working in the place that I did. And I was like, there, it, it just, it makes sense to me that nutrition plays a part in it. Not, not all of it. I'm not saying that, oh my gosh, you know, if you, if you eat really healthy, either you'll never have dementia, you'll never have memory issues. And everybody who has dementia, like ate like shit. No, no, no. Not saying that at all, but there's definitely a, a correlation to crappy diet and high sugar, high preservative, in essence, I'll say fake foods, um, negatively affecting your central nervous system, your, your brain, your spinal fluid, all that kind of stuff. It can be very much affected by the things that you're eating. And if it's not good stuff, well, you might be setting yourself up for not the, not the best golden years. I don't yeah, have to tell you. Right. Sundowning like a son of a bitch out there. And it's sad. It's, it's really <laughs> tragic because I don't know if you noticed it uh, when you're working in elderly care, but the people with dementia, they craved sugar. You ever notice yes. that? You ever put that together? Oh yeah. Yeah. Snacks and stuff. Like it was the sweet stuff. Yeah. Always the sweet stuff. They were, I had several, um, older folks that like, they were just, they had a couple of people actually had like candy jars in their rooms Yep. because like, that's what they wanted. They wanted the, the chocolate piece. They wanted the piece of candy. And I was like, this is wild to me. Like, this is my first time really seeing it. And I was like, wow, Oh yeah, this is like a legit thing. Like this is an addiction. This is a, this is a, this is not good. It's like going, <laughs> it's like uh, one of my uh, great grand, my great grandmother and great grandfather had dementia before they passed obviously. And, um, you know, let's go to me, mom and pop pop's house. And of course they got in every room, they have a bowl of like the, like the little Mrs. <laughs> Butterworth's toffees. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? There's one in every room. So, yeah. And they had very, very advanced dementia. So, yeah. And they were just pounding those things down. You know, it's, I also don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm putting blame on, you know, especially like that older generation. They had no idea people, this, this research wasn't here. People didn't know this was a thing. There wasn't, you know, nowadays nutrition is people are like, Oh, like this causes other things. Like we're really looking into this as kind of a society of, you know, cause and effect. But, you know, back when our grandparents and our great grandparents were, were growing up, that really wasn't a thing. So that was really the, like the, the dawning of food manufacturers. So that stuff was all being advertised to them as being so great and so new and try this and try that. And nobody had any freaking idea that, oh, look, 50, 60 years down the road, surprise, it probably added to your problems. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing that now, um, which, I mean, it's, it's tragic for sure. Um, oh, yeah, it sucks with a capital S, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with you having it in your family, you've seen it 
firsthand again and again. So yeah, it's a really, it's a really good point and something that, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we're focusing on now. Um, but gosh, I mean, adding that to, you know, the, the plethora of issues that firefighters are already facing, like, Hey, this might also be adding to like, you might be getting like some kind of degenerative dementia as you get older too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's add that on. Like, Oh my God, what are we doing here? It's pretty crazy. It's just, but it's, it's, there's correlations with anything, you know, I mean, there are potential correlations and like we said, and explicitly clear here, the science is not 100% there, right? Mm-hmm. There's still more data to be collected, right? Cause this is relatively new that we're catching on to this shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're eating extremely complex fats that are manufactured, right? Well, now you're having like incidences of like pancreatic cancer and, mm-hmm. you know, pancreas issues. You're, it's no different than an alcoholic and having liver issues. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's all the, it, it, to me, it's, it's not necessarily obvious, but it's something that's very highly suspect. Yes. Yes. And you, you, you kind of look at it and if you think about it, even if you're thinking about it briefly, it, it does make sense. And like, you're like, huh, I'm putting two, two, and two together here and I am coming up with four. So there's something to this. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a lack of fiber in your diet and colorectal cancer. Exactly. Exactly. We've obviously figured that one out <laughs> or like eating a high <laughs> fat diet and having coronary artery disease. <laughs> yeah. Like especially no those manufactured fats that you were talking about, you oh, know, yeah. like maybe not, um, animal fats or, you know, butter and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm talking about like canola these, oil. Oh God. Yeah. Canola oil, corn oil, safflower oil, soy like, oil. Mm, Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it's a lot of uh high density. Uh, what would it be? What's it? What's a um, science is not my strong point. Obviously I'm just a caveman, but uh, is that polysaccharides? No, that's yeah. uh, that, that's your lipoprotein lipoproteins, maybe? lipids. I mean, lipids. lipids are fats. Yeah. It's been a hot minute since I was in school here too. But <laughs> 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 We're on the right track. Though. But anyways, <laughs> enough of the sciencey bullshit. And, uh, let's just go into common terms. And so the very high density fat, high density fats that are manufactured, those are not good for you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, I think with the whole aspect of nutrition and wildland firefighting, right. We're kind of set up for failure as is, right. Not necessarily yes. failure, but not set up for success. Yeah. That's a diplomatic way of putting that. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. But that's where we have to take some accountability within ourselves and try and control the things that we can control. So the accountability from the person who's in a wildland firefighting career, I mean, your longevity depends on your longevity in your career depends on your healthiness, like your body's being healthy, right? Your ability to Mm -hmm. your work capacity and your ability to do the work. So I think that it's very important that we got to remind people to take some accountability in their own nutrition and figure out what the fuck they can do in the off time or while they're on the road where they can stock up on mm-hmm. pre-fire season. So with that being said, what are some suggestions that you have? Um, I mean, just right off the bat, uh, anytime that you have per diem or you can make those grocery store stops, make those count. That is your one time for, you know, the next week, the next two weeks, depending on where you're at to get the healthy stuff, stock up on that stuff. And, you know, no, you don't necessarily have a lot of room. Um, you know, I've, I've been in the buggies. I know 
there's space not a lot of limited. space, but stock up as much as you can, you know, get your little bins, stick it under your seat, have it in your little bin on the side bins, whatever you need to do and just make those stops count. Um, yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, and I I've been there and I've done it. Those store stops come like mid roll and you're super stoked because you've been having a craving for something and you're like, Oh my God, like I'm getting that chocolate bar, like right fucking now. Like <laughs> I cannot wait to get that chocolate bar. Like, go ahead and get that. But I would definitely say like, that is your, that's your time to make those smart nutrition decisions. Um, make as much peace as possible. with your body, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> like this, I'm is, sorry, dude. this is your time right here. Like you've been living on meat wad sandwiches for the past seven days. Like this is your time to try to like snag a couple of things that'll fuel you a little bit better. So you don't have to eat the meat wad sandwich every single day. Maybe, you know, two or three of those days you can supplement with your own, you know, your tuna packets, your jerky, your peanut butter or whatever it is. Um, so that, that would probably be like my, my number one big thing, um, is just to make those, those store stops count when you can. Um, and then, I mean, again, preparation, just preparation, even preseason. So going into the season, you know what you're walking into, you know what the food situation is going to be like, kind of have whatever you personally need to do, have like your own personal plan. You know, if you're, if you're vegan, um, make sure you have supplements, um, really for, for anyone, uh, a small deviation, I would say I would recommend some kind of multivitamin at the very, very least a multi just to make sure that you're getting all those micronutrients and those minerals. Um, that are so important. So shit like, uh, uh, are you talking about like the, the, the pills, like the horse pills? Or are you talking about something like, uh, was that company out there? Um, like athletic greens or something like that. Um, honestly, I would say that's a personal preference thing. Cause I've known people that oh, I already saw my plug that in. Um, I've known people who have done both. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I personally have also used both. I've, I've used uh, a greens powder before and I've also used the pills. Um, sorry, just gotta readjust here. Getting juiced <laughs> um, <up>. phone's dying. <laughs> uh, yeah, computer is, uh, computer. killing me here. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I would say the, the mode of your vitamin, whatever that's up to you. Um, but it will definitely help fill the gaps of whatever is in slash not in the lunches. Um, because especially if you're vegan or vegetarian, you know, getting your B12, being a lot of your B vitamins, um, can be a challenge again, when food is provided for you, uh, cause they're not thinking about micronutrients at all. Um, yeah, the last thing you want to do is be anemic on the fire line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we've had people in the past that started, you know, muscle cramping started like seizing up and stuff because they weren't um, able to get the correct micronutrients. And then when I, you know, we had conversations and we talked about what they were eating and what they weren't eating, um, we made changes and then they were able to feel better. So I would definitely, um, again, this is kind of, a this is kind of where that whole personal responsibility comes into play, like know yourself, know your body and what you're going to need and just make sure that you're prepared for that. Um, but yeah, some kind of supplement, type thing. Um, that's going to be whatever 
whatever you need. Um, but I would definitely at least suggest some kind of multivitamin for pretty much everybody, just because you're working your body so hard, um, you're depleting everything. Um, so kind of having that as a backup would be another big thing that I would suggest for basically everybody. Yeah. And you're depleting that, those nutrition, that nutritional store every, every day for 14 days at a time. And then you're taking two, three days off and then doing it all over again, especially if you're on a hotshot crew. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I mean, I'm, I'm glad, I'm super glad that they did, uh, move your, your R and R days up to three, um, gives you a, a little bit of extra recovery time. Uh, but I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, yeah, when you're out there beating the shit out of yourself for, you know, 14, 15 days, like y- recovery for two or three days is not real recovery. That's kind of a surface level recovery. I mean, you kind of go your fitness at the beginning of the season, what you can do and you know, how much you can lift and how fast you could run to the end of the season. It's you go down, <laughs> everybody gets beat up. So whatever you can do, try to preserve, um, you know, muscle mass, bone mass, um, you know, even things like magnesium and stuff for, for muscle cramping, stuff like that. So yeah, all that stuff gets just depleted on the daily. And if you can kind of self supplement that stuff in, um, I definitely would suggest that. Yeah, definitely stock up on, it's like the little things too, you know, it's like, like you were saying the pro bars, the nut butters. I mean, instead of crushing a burger and don't get me wrong, I love crushing a cheesy every once in a while. I mean, yeah, that's like one of my favorite American pastimes, right? As long as it's pink on the inside, please don't tell me you're a well done guy. No, thank God. Okay. (laughs) Not necessarily mooing, mooing all my steaks, of course, but unless it's a ribeye, then the, you know, fat needs to get, you know, marbled all the way through or cooked all the way through. Anyways, um, where was going with this? Oh yeah. This is little things, right? So, I mean, it's even like little choices. Um, and I am vehemently aware that some crews have more leeway to get away with stuff than others. Right. Like mm-hmm. we all know that hell attack has the best opportunity to eat the best, right? <laughs> There's no two yeah. ways around it. Right. Engines <laughs> right behind hell attack, hot shots. Sorry. Smoke jumpers. I've never been a smoke jumper. So I really couldn't. Good luck out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Alaska, speaking of smoke jumpers at Alaska, I mean, I've seen some of the fresh food boxes that get dropped off in their camps and like, holy shit, that's, that's the way to do it right there. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And if anybody out there who's listening to this has some input on the fresh food boxes, and I know there's some local, well, I guess, contingent United States, uh, repeller and hell attack crews that do do, uh, fresh food boxes as well. If you guys got any input on what you guys throw in there and how you calculate nutrition or whatever, by all means, yeah, hit me up. And, yeah. Yeah. Hit us both up. We'd both love to hit, hit like hear about it. Right. Cause that's, that seems like the ideal state to me. It's like, put me in spike camp, fly me in fresh food box. You put two people oh, yeah. on a rotation back to go back and cook dinner for the crew. And I mean, every day that's, Absolutely. that's the shit right there. Yes. But yeah, anyways, where was I going with this? But yeah, I mean, also like your off season nutrition, I think is an important factor that you need to consider too. Mm-hmm. Cause you know what you're getting yeah. into. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. Um, yeah, that's kind of, well, kind of steps back from being prepared going to the season, like right before the season, but also being prepared for the season in that off season, that is your time that you are building up your body. That's the time that you're putting in all the good stuff that you possibly can, that you're 
really like making sure your nutrient stores are as high as you can possibly get them. Like just as you would with your fitness and you're building up, building up, really trying to hit it really hard and like do the best possible. You want the best possible nutrition wise too, because you know, you know, you're going to go into the season and it's going to be shit. It's going to be shit food. It's going to be shit quality. So, you know, take, take the time, spend the time. I would say if, if you financially can't all spend the money a little bit on quality of food, um, you know, I'm an extremely frugal person, but food quality is one of those things that I, I tend to bump up a little bit just because it does go so much into like, you know, your personal longevity. I mean, do you want to try, you know, hopefully, you know, live into old age, then yes, I, I feel like this is an investment that you're making now. Um, to, to fuel yourself and feed yourself decent quality and healthy foods more often than not. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, knowing that you're going into fire season and it's going to be really hard and you're not going to have the ideal nutrition that off season is really kind of for you, for lack of a better term, kind of make it up on the back end. Um, so yeah, that, that's a prime time to do whatever you can. Um, to really get yourself top notch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, even when you're on the road too, I mean, yeah, we stack up and try and recover slash prepare <laughs> for the season. Right. And I mean, even gaining a little bit of weight and I, I would, I don't, I, I never understood the concept of going into uh, the start of a season at like the top of your game at your peak. Like I'd rather go in a little bit fluffy and yeah. lose that weight throughout the season. Yeah, honestly, that that's probably a smart, a smarter choice. Um, I'll say from the personal experience and it's, it's partially, I'll say it's partially the hotshot culture and partially then just myself being competitive and, you know, former perfectionist, um, the, the desire to, you know, want to go in top of your game and best of the best as best you possibly can be is definitely there. Um, but logically speaking, it doesn't make sense. Not a lick of sense. Not at all. And I, I don't know if overall that culture, how much that would change. Um, I would love if it did a little bit because I mean, yes, fitness, extremely important. You better damn well be able to like hike up your hill and do your work. Absolutely. But should you be shredded coming into a fire season? Absolutely not. Hell no. no. Because where, what, what off of your body is there to lose then when you're a little hungrier and you're working really hard, you're just going to look like a skeleton by the end of it. Like, so yeah, having a little, a little extra on the body frame, not necessarily a bad thing going into the season. Like, you know, it's almost healthy weight that you have going on. I don't think that there's a problem with that. I think that's probably you're, you're right. That's a, a smarter way to approach a, a long fire season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't go in gapping out and like being a total pile, but I mean, right. <laughs> if someone, it, it, that's another thing too about the culture is like, everybody's going to give you shit. It's like, Oh, did you yes. gain a little weight this winter? Huh? Hitting the fucking bottle. Man. Crushing a little cheesy. <laughs> Have an extra Thanksgiving in there. It's like, everybody's going to give you shit about that, but you know what? Fuck them. You know, damn well, you're going to lose all this weight throughout the season. And I'd rather have that weight to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then, you know, you'll be feeling better and it won't be just depleting your muscle mass and, you know, bone density thing, especially for women, bone density, mm -hmm. 
huge issue, um, you know, potentially if we're not fueling correctly. So you really don't want to be dealing with those kinds of issues, not only, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, but hell people, young women and something like they're in their twenties are dealing with bone density issues and brittle bones because they didn't fuel properly. So, I mean, that's a tangent for another day, but point being, point being is you don't need to, you know, look like you're ready to, for like a bodybuilding competition going into fire yeah. season. You know, don't be afraid of those little extra fluff because that's what you're going to lose when you're out there working your dick off. Oh, hundred percent, 110%. And there's, you know, there's little life hacks you can do, um, to eat a little bit healthier while you're on the road. I mean, what were some of yours that you would always dive into when you're on the road and like trying to make healthier food choices? Um, again, like I said, with like the, the store stops, I mean, yes, some of the, that fresh stuff is only going to last maybe two or three days. Um, but damn, if a lot of us did not make those two or three days count and the majority of what we would eat those days would be the fresh fruits and veggies, save the preserved, so to speak, stuff for later in the roll. Um, cause you know, I mean, you're taking everything in anyway, your body doesn't care if these three days you're taking all the stuff in and like these five days you're taking this kind of food it's all going in your body over, you know, the course of a week or two. So don't be like afraid to front load that nutrition stuff that, you know, no, the, that fresh cut pineapple that you were craving that looked really good. That you just bought at the store. It's not going to last for three days. Just eat it today. Eat yeah, the eat whole, whole container thing. today. Yeah. Cause that's what we did. Like, you know, you buy like a whole container or something gone, just eat it on the road to the fire. Um, probably our biggest, biggest life hack in that sense, um, would just be, there would be a, a bunch of us in the back of the buggy, just chowing down on like fresh fruits and veggies just in that first day or so going to an instant. Um, cause you know, you know, you're not going to get it for another, you know, week to two weeks, depending on if you have a, if you're lucky enough to have a store stop halfway through fantastic. Most of the time you're not. So yeah, don't be afraid to front load that fresh stuff and just get that stuff in, um, before having to kind of lean back on, you know, your dried fruit, your trail mixes, your jerkies or whatever it is. Yeah. Dried fruit was a big one for me. And then, uh, if we did get a store stop, one of the big things, uh, especially when I had the luxury of being on the Helitac crew, instead of eating like whatever, like pre-packaged sandwich or whatever we had was available at the store. What I would do, and this is anybody who can do this, right? If you're on a long drive and you have a store stop, you get your 15 minutes in the store, get in, get out, whatever, load up, hit the road again, right? What I used to do if I was like trying, if I knew I was just like being a shit bag with my, with my nutrition, I go get those pre-made like kale or whatever salads, the bag O salad. Oh yeah. Bago salad. You just cut the very top of it off and you pour like <laughs> a can of chicken okay. or tuna in there. And then you pour all your dressing and all the little accoutrements that come with it. And you shake the shit out of it. Like yes. it up real tight, shake the shit out of it. So it's all mixed up. Then you like pinch it right where the salad, the top of the salad is. And you make a little bowl out of the thing, right out of the bag that it comes in. Right. Yeah. Super easy. It's cheap as fuck. And you just cut that thing off and you start going to town on the salad, man. 
crushing rotisserie chickens with avocado making. Oh, yeah. Oh, another life hack that I did was sriracha cottos. That's always good. Yes. And then uh, if you split that avocado with somebody or like somebody else, whatever, make a uh, tuna salad with the avocado instead of mayo. And just mix it right in the shell. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. A little hot sauce because yes. I know everybody carries hot sauce with them. And if they don't, you're doing <laughs> you're it wrong. You're so right. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Absolutely do. Right. And I mean, you know what? The, the That health, I think, personally, is totally worth making like the buggy or the engine or whatever smell like kale for 10 minutes. Yeah. Everybody else can deal with it. <laughs> it's health. You're doing it for your health and it tastes delicious. I don't, sorry, I don't give a shit if my salad smells bad to you. <laughs> yeah. If you can't smell it, stand the smell of tuna, just shut the fuck up, dude. And I mean, why don't you eat a tuna salad or something like that too? And it might be good for you. So right suck it up yeah suck it up but there's like the little things you can do like like you're saying it's little life hacks and getting nutrition and quality nutrition in where you can and when you can i think that's the kind of the key yeah definitely just kind of working around whatever the schedule is that you've got going on because you know i mean they're never they're never regular but kind of just kind of just making it work with whatever you've got um I will also plug the, uh, shoot, what's the brand tasty bites. I think they're tasty bite. They come in the yellow. Oh yeah. 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 Package bags. So like the Indian food yeah, type stuff. They have vegetarian vegan ones. Um, I think, I think they're all, cause it's, I don't think, I think most of the time Indian food is vegetarian. So they're vegetarian vegan. Um, so they, they work for a lot of different, uh, folks. Um, but yeah, there's usually like two serving bags, which obviously means like one firefighter serving. Uh, and they don't, they don't, technically they're supposed to be microwave, but they taste awesome, not microwave. So, and they, you know, take up this much space, just stack a whole bunch of those in, in your buggy bin or whatever. Um, another great, more whole food based, uh, quick meal that I would say a lot of us use, uh, last year, especially. So I'll plug that in really quick to get those uh, tasty bites. Yeah. It's well, it's those little life hacks that like we thinking outside of the box, as far as getting a variety one and two quality as well. So, I mean, everybody's going to get bored eating a fucking tuna salad. If you're eating that every mm-hmm. day. Right. And probably you're the squad boss in the, in the cab is probably gonna get pissed smelling tuna every fucking day. Right. Every day. <laughs> so that's not realistic and you're going to get bored of it real fast. So I think thinking outside of the box, like you're saying with the tasty bites or the variety of like, they make chicken that comes in like the bags of tuna. Basically they, they, there's a ton of stuff out there. Like, yeah, you can, you can make it work. Spend some time in the off season poking around your local grocery store. Um, and start looking at, you know, I'll, well, we can add that into the kind of preparing for the season, prepare your body and prepare your food situation for the season, you know, start looking around the grocery store, start thinking about, Hey, what's, you know, inexpensive, easy, quick meals that I can take with me when I'm traveling. Um, now is the time in the off season. Um, not now, now cause it's mid fire season right now, but say you're in off season. Um, that's the time to really start thinking and and planning and looking around. So, you know, when you have your 15 minutes in the store, you're not that last one because you're like, Oh, I wonder what I'm doing in here. Just kind of wandering around. You already know I'm going to look for this, 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 and this. 
Oh, adds that whole preparation thing. And then you're in and out easy peasy. you got your good stuff. You got your nutrition's getting on better on point and fucking set, bud. Oh yeah. And even for the people that are like doing purchasing, right? I mean, yeah, MREs are expensive. They're mm-hmm. super duper expensive, but they're shelf stable. And I understand that and they're readily available. Right. But mm-hmm. for the people out there that are doing the purchasing for like their crew, I mean, you might want to even consider going bulk and buying like some ready wise, uh, freeze dried meals. Yeah. I mean, they're cheaper. They're literally, I, I believe they're still fucking cheaper than an MRE actually costs. Like MREs are surprisingly expensive for what they are. I think they're like, like 30 in bucks my brain, a pop like, now. Really? I, I want to say they are, but I'm not sure. Don't hold me to that. Someone I'm sure will correct me, but right. <laughs> I do remember back um, when I was outfitting our, our engine, my last year in fire that these ready wise meals were, or the mountain house, whatever freeze dried meal company is out there. Typically they're cheaper and they're offering better quality food. I mean, still do me chock full of preservatives, but so is a fucking MRE, right? I mean, I'd rather I take don't the think they can get worse than MREs. So like, let's go with like the backpacking camping food. Yeah. Much I'm, better. I mean, yeah, you're constrained by water at that point, but typically you'll have water. And if you're concerned about carrying around a jet boil and like fuel, well, I'll tell you right now that that fucking QB that's been sitting in the sun all day in your spike camp, that's hot enough to reconstitute it's your food. hot enough. It's, you can put cold water in this bitch and it'll still be fine. So it might take a little bit longer, but yeah. It'll be fine. Trust us on this one. Trust me. I've done it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just thinking outside the box. And then I think stockpiling, like you're saying there over the winter, like getting a little shit and saving up, you know, making like a little mm-hmm. squirrel away, a little bit of nut butter, whatever you tickles your fancy for the uh, actual fire season. Yeah. yeah. Tastes great. Open late. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you've got some pretty good insight on the uh, situation with nutrition, particularly in the bagged lunches. And we're just, yeah, it's a problem. We're, this is a conclusion. This is definitely a, a problem. Conclusive we're, we're working statement. on it. We're working on the solutions. I'd love to, if there's anybody out there who is actively working on this right now, or is even thinking about working on it, um, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start making some shit happen. Um, because yeah, I, I don't feel good about it. I don't, I don't love what, you know, our people have to deal with. So, you know, it takes some bigger brains than mine to start really nailing down solutions. But if, if we got a couple of good brains on it, I mean, yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. Shake out the industry, disrupt the industry and actually make it better for the boots on the ground. And, uh, yes. I, I think, uh, another thing you alluded to earlier too, is, um, this is not like a one size fits all solution. Yeah. It's better than what we currently have, but ultimately it boils down to what fits for you. And that changes over mm-hmm. time as well. It does. Like no, a- n- nutrition is, is a super individualized thing, which kind of in that sense kind of sucks when you're talking about, you know, feeding people on a mass scale. Um, so, you know, it plays into what can you do for the majority, um, for, you know, like food caterers and legislator, like that side of it. But then again, back to kind of like the personal responsibility, then you have to, you know, kind of take with what you're given and figure out what's going to work best for you. I mean, and that's trial and error too. Um, like you said, nutrition for whatever's going to work for you, 
changes over time. Um, really, I mean, it can change throughout a fire season of what works for you and what doesn't. So, you know, never be afraid to experiment with yourself. You're your own best experiment. You know what works and what doesn't you'll figure it out. Um, be aware, self-aware of what's going on. Listen to your body. Yes. Which I, I would love if, if more people were, were doing that. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Just take a little time and just to get in touch with yeah, how you feel and you know, what can you relate that to stress or what you're eating or what's going on? Just stuff like that. I mean, I don't be like me necessarily. Who's like hyper aware <laughs> of everything. And it's like too self-aware sometimes, but um, yeah, if, if, if people can just kind of be more self-aware of, you know, how they feel in relation to the things, those external factors, so to speak. Um, you probably set yourself up for as much successes as you can with whatever you're given. Oh yeah. That's the thing. It's a science experiment, right? Take care yeah, of your body. We're, Listen. We're, we are our own science experiments. And if you're really ballsy, like you can go the Wyoming hotshots route and just make your own food trailer and do your own Dude, meals. They're insane. Fucking, that is they're so cool. Insane. And they're pulling off hella cheap. You did? What, what was the information for those guys? Um, last season, he actually, uh, Jake, forgetting who exactly sent me, but they, he just sent me, um, like their whole like PDF, like Excel spreadsheet of like their, basically their food plan. Yeah. Um, obviously like my crew didn't, we didn't dive that deep on it and we, we didn't do it, but I was, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. They have like, Oh yeah, they got a whole system going on on that crew, man. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They, they really got that organized nailed down. So fucking good for them. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're, crushing it. they're crushing it too. And I, I know a lot of people like to give Wyoming hotshots a little bit of shit for that because they do, I guess, I guess progressive stuff. I hate using that term because it obviously is associated with like some political shit, but they're pushing right. the boundaries with, uh, what I guess a holistic approach to fighting fire, both, you know, operationally training tactically, whatever you mm-hmm. want to, they're taking a different approach for it. And I think it's, uh, I think there's some good lessons to be learned from their program and what they're doing. And maybe we shouldn't be the, the, the masses should not be getting them shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can just quietly take a few things, maybe be like, Oh, at least think about it. At yeah. least think about, it. you know, I'm not saying you need to copy exactly everything, but you know, after a couple of seasons, I think you could probably step back and see, you know, what's, what's working for them and what's maybe not and go from there. I mean, you know, we have a whole lessons learned library for, wildland fire stuff in general why not do it with nutrition stuff too oh yeah well you know how it is with firefighters the two things that they hate is the way things are and then change so (laughs) i think a lot of uh that shit flicking out there for whoever not even just necessarily wyoming hotshots but just whatever crew out there is is pushing the boundaries and trying new stuff i think it's out of envy because they want to do it (laughs) they're getting they're doing this but but they did it first so like it's not cool it's not cool now (laughs) <laughs> Look at these assholes copying these guys. <laughs> you think they are? Yeah. Take a little slice of home culture. Pie. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. Ugh. Well, anyways, we're getting to the end of the show and I know it's late over there. It's probably about midnight where you're at. So apologies Just for dragging about. us out too long. But uh, as no far worries. as 
people reaching out to you and getting a hold of you and talking nutrition and, you know, benefiting the wildland community in general on their nutrition? Yeah. Where can we find you? Uh, Instagram. Um, my handle is wandering dot nutritionist. Um, you know, a little homage to the travel and the nutrition. Uh, I don't have a website anymore, so don't probably Instagram is probably the, the easiest place to, to find me. Um, send me a message. I will always respond. Uh, don't have an issue with that. So yeah, connect with me on there. It's probably the best way. Um, people want to email me. It's M Yurik, Y U R I C K, the number six at gmail.com. So go ahead and shoot me an email if you want to do that too. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, so yeah, either one of those, good way to get a hold of me. Do you have to do any like consulting or anything like that? Like dial in someone's macros or any of that stuff? You know, I, uh, so it's funny you say that I started, I've even made business cards uh, about a year and a half ago. And that was going to be the plan. Uh, the business aspect of that kind of did not come to fruition for me. Um, so officially no, but if people did have, I still am uh, a dietetic technician, so I can legally provide counseling. Um, so yeah, if people have questions or they, you know, want help with a macronutrient breakdown or whatever, um, you know what I'm, I'm here for the masses. So it's, I'm not charging anybody, um, anything. So if you literally just have questions or want some kind of help, please reach out to me. My, my aid for you is free. Um, I just want to, you know, help you out to the best of my ability. Uh, if I don't know something, I'll point you in the right direction to someone who can. Um, so yeah, just reach out to me, however you feel comfortable with and, uh, we'll help you out. Hell yeah. I think you just opened up a huge can of worms there. <laughs> Potentially, but door. you know what? I walked right into it and I'm totally cool with it. Own it. I like it. No, that's cool. <laughs> so cool. I stand behind my decisions. <laughs> I'm going to own this. It's my... <laughs> well, cool. Well, at the end of the show, I always give an opportunity for you to, uh, for our guests to give a shout out to a few shout outs to some homies, heroes, mentors. Who do you got for us? Sweet. Um, yeah. So the first one, um, I will shout out to my late mother. Um, she's definitely the one who, uh, instilled my work ethic in me, um, dedication to attaining goals, um, from a very young age, kind of that work for what you really want. Um, and I've done that through my whole life. Um, so thank you, mom, for, uh, for that. Um, I would say, uh, some of the, the gals that were on my crew, uh, the two years that, uh, I was on there. I won't, uh, I won't say their names because they know who they are. Um, but both years I was on there and they were there with me, uh, just seeing two other women. Um, so just so fucking strong, dude. Um, strong mentally, strong physically, strong emotionally. And I feel like we all support each other and they were just, they were really good people to serve alongside. So I'll always be grateful for them. Um, and then, uh, everybody knows, everybody knows her in fire. I swear, Reva, 
<laughs> talked to her a couple of times. The curly haired um, goddess. <laughs> yeah, she's she's fucking great, dude. She's uh, now she's back on on my side of the country. <laughs> oh yeah, she's, she's the over Coaster there. Yeah, again, she's in the East so. Coast now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just seeing you know between personally talking to her um, and then just seeing like the things that she's done. I mean, after 31 years of service in the agency and then to, to spearhead so much on like grass, uh, grassroots and everything, like just seeing the things that she's done is just really inspiring, um, to see, a, a another female in the agency just doing awesome shit. So, uh, I'm going to shout her out too. Hell yeah. So I hope she doesn't mind. <laughs> no, she don't care. She's in the public eye right now. So between her, Kelly and Reva or fucking great. Her. <laughs> Kelly and Luke. Sorry. I don't know why I just yeah. said Reva twice. <laughs> I feel like in my brain, like I knew who you were saying. So I was like, yeah. And I was like, wait, no. <laughs> move back a little bit here. Okay. Let's pump Got it. Here. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. And uh, Paul, I'm sorry about your mom and that I lost my mom at a pretty long, young age. So I definitely know how that I can, I can relate. So, yeah. 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 Not, not, not the most fun, but you know, we got to get through it. Definitely not cool. Not fun at all, but she's looking over you. So. Hell yeah, she is. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, yeah. Imparting some wisdom about nutrition on the uh, fire community. I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate this and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be beating down your door to get some more advice. (laughs) I welcome it all. Come on in. I'm here to help. Right on. Well, buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Open the floodgates. Well, everybody, thank you for listening in or watching on YouTube and we'll see you on the next one. See ya. And boom, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with my good friend, Michelle Urich, aka The Wondering Nutritionist. Go check her out on the old IG. And she dropped her uh, contact information in the show. So if you want to uh, get some uh, nutrition dialed in with her, by all means, hit her up. Yeah, she's super into it. She's very passionate about it. But Michelle, thank you so much for coming by on the show and talking nutrition. And yeah, I agree. We've got a problem with nutrition. A bag of diabetes is not proper fuel. Yeah. I mean, if you're like an endurance athlete and you're doing like big races or, you know, a big hike through, uh, yeah, this food works for you. But when you're on a constant two week on and three day off schedule and doing this day in and day out, well, it's not sustainable. It's actually really bad for you. So listen to these tips and tricks and these life hacks and yeah, feel yourself for performance. You are a tactical athlete. So Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. As for the rest of you, uh, like I said, region four is heating up and it's probably going to be a pretty gnarly season. All we are is one lightning bust away from (laughs) absolute freaking chaos. So buckle up, stay safe, stay savage. Special shout out to our sponsors. We've got Mystery Ranch built for the mission. Go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out all of their Fireline packs and the Mystery Ranch Backbone series. We've got Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. And a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. So go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. We've got our buddy Booze over at the Ass Movement. He is spreading the good word about burying your turds and he has a hilarious name and a very important mission. So go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. And last but not least, 
we have the American Wildfire Experience. Go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check out the Smoky Generation. We have our 2022 grant recipients and storytelling projects out uh, right now. And uh, congratulations to all of you that have uh, worked their asses off to get one of those grants. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization over there. Keep it up. As for the rescue, y'all know the drill. Stay safe, stay savage. Peace. Peace.